Good morning. It is February 5th, 2024. This is episode 68 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a fantastic weekend that you were able to um, pursue your dreams on the weekend and that things are going well. This is a podcast by a dreamer for dreamers out there. Paul Green here, stand-up comedian and actor in the Phoenix area pursuing my comedy dreams and just documenting the journey as I go and having a chance to talk to the individuals who have influenced me or who I feel are dreamers like myself and allowing them to share their story and their journey so that we can all uh, support each other and move forward. So This weekend was very fun. Last night, I had my open mic, and it was incredible because we had a brand new comic, and it's always so much fun when it's a comic doing comedy for the first time, and we've had maybe a good half dozen of those since we started this mic back in October, and they are... It's so fun. It's just so fun to see somebody and just to, you know, to feel their nerves and their excitement that they're going to try this thing. And what I love about our open mic is it's very low pressure. You know, everybody's supportive. We all want everybody to do well. The group of comics that we've attracted are high energy, highly supportive comics who are out there honing their craft, who don't mind paying $5 to practice some jokes, although we get so much negative not so much. I'm I'm exaggerating. We'll get we will get some very negative uh, feedback on certain Facebook groups by comics who just are absolutely offended that a pay to play open mic even exists. I could do a whole rant about that. Matter of fact, I have done a whole rant about that, and I'm not interested in ranting on that right now. What I am interested in talking about is the open mic last night. So we had a new comic his first time, and what ends up happening. So what had happened was I show up initially just to host the open mic, and there's usually another guy from the theater. Um, Andre is usually there, or the owner, Dorian, will be there to help open up the doors and manage all of the, you know, the comics coming in, the money, if people buy snacks or drinks or whatever they'll manage that side they'll manage the sound and the microphone and uh, the lighting and all that stuff so I get a message that uh, the guy who was supposed to come today was stuck in traffic and wasn't going to be able to make it so I'm there like 30 minutes early luckily there was a key in a lockbox so I could just let myself in and you know the owner is texting me what to do and nothing is as intuitive as I think it should be. I couldn't even turn on like the lighting system and I had to call the owner. He's like, well, the light switch is on the back. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling the back. But like the light switch is not on the back. It's like underneath, it's in the back and then underneath like six inches back. So, and it's this big light panel. So I have to like reach behind and do this. And then there's the on switch. I'm going like, why is this thing where nobody would be able to just, like, you would actually need a manual to figure out that that's where the light switch is or to lift the whole thing up and turn it around when it's this big panel with all these wires and stuff coming out of it. So it was really frustrating. 
So I'm there about 30 minutes early and I'm just trying to figure this out, try to figure out how to turn the sound on, nothing's working. And he's like, oh, well, there's this other switch. Oh, well, what about this switch? And I'm like, okay, well, there's all of these other switches. And, <laughs> you know, and then I try to get in the computer. He's like, oh yeah, we'll just open up the computer. I'm like, well, well there's a pin. He goes, oh yeah, the pin is this. I'm just like, ah. So finally, um, while I'm doing all of this, it's like 30 minutes until the mic is supposed to start. And like six people show up. And I hadn't even unlocked the front door yet. So I see these people and I'm like, oh, there's people here already. That's that's a little early. So I go and lock the door and I go, are you all on the mic? And they go, oh, no, it's just our friend. So I check the guy in and it's he's like, oh, it's my first time. And he's like, just so you know, I, I, I have some more friends coming. I'm like, OK, no problem. So then I go back trying to figure out the technology and then uh, his friends were actually cool and were really cool. Uh, I don't know. I said, actually, they were cool and they helped me try to troubleshoot and figure out how to get all of the lights and sound running. So I finally get everything turned on. And then this guy ends up bringing well over 20. It might've been close to 30 people, friends of his to come see him do his first five minutes at an open mic. And I was not prepared for that because these guys come in and they all start wanting to buy beers because they have this fridge full of beers. I'm like, I don't even know how to do the point of sale system here. I'm like, if you guys have cash, I'll just do cash. If you have exact change, turns out that there was a cash box that was open that had some, you know, till in there. So I was able to start um, at least, you know, swap and change out. And then one of this guy's, this comic's buddies uh, actually... <laughs> found you know there was like one of those ipad square things that has the card reader to it and he like well, i didn't even know he was doing it but he's like he figured out how to i mean it was probably really easy um because it seemed to just be like oh yeah you just had to just turn it on and then the point of sale is ready to go and so i was looking at this point of sale and i was like oh okay it had like you know soda beer candy just had all of the different items so i was going oh okay well i guess i can take card now so all of a sudden you know i'm going into this point of sale and ringing up all of these people's beers. And these guys bought so many beers. They probably, between the whole lot of a bought, you know, 20 or 25 cans of beer and IPAs and ciders. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll take the, and they're naming these brand names. It's like, I don't know alcohol. I've hardly had any alcohol my entire life. And any sip of alcohol I've ever had, I thought was disgusting. So I'm like, I am so not the guy to be bartending here, but everybody, everybody was really cool. They were super supportive. I let them know like, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. I, well, I am supposed to be here, but, um, I'm not supposed to be doing this part. I'm just supposed to host. And so I don't know what I'm doing. So bear with me. So they were really cool and supportive. Um, so I'm selling alcohol. I'm checking the comics in and Finally, I'm able to start the open mic. I had to start it like 10 minutes late because I was busy just trying to get all of these people alcohol orders. And some of them bought alcohol, went and sat down and then came back. I was like, oh yeah, I want another uh, this. And it's just like, can everybody just sit? Can we all just sit down so we can start the mic, please? <laughs> so like that that cop on uh, Police Academy, the the short uh, black uh, woman com uh, cop. I can't think of her character name was it Brooks uh, excuse me um anyway 
That is an old school reference. By the way, kudos to anybody who caught that old Police Academy movie reference. Yay for cheesy 80s comedies. So anywho, uh, I finally get everybody sat and seated and beard. <laughs> and I'm now I'm actually just hosting the mic. So I, um, I bring myself on stage from the Voice of God mic that I finally figured out how to use in the back. And we start the mic. And um, so all of this dude's friends is just, it's just this huge audience, which was, it's so unique, especially for our open mic, because we specifically don't advertise to an audience. And we do that intentionally because we don't want comics to feel exploited and feel like, you know, we're just having them pay us so that we can put on a show and then take money from audience members and, you know, instead of having to, to pay the comics for a show, we take money from them, you know, because trust me, there are some comics who have some very strong opinions about pay-to-play open mics like we're doing and like to leave very long, ranty, self-righteous uh, rants in uh, Facebook comedy groups. So anyway... um, but, you know, if people show up, they show up. And it's like, well, yeah, you're welcome to come on in. So um, so they they come in, and they were great. They were so supportive. They were high energy. They're drinking beers. You know, it felt like a kind of a rowdy comedy club. Um, so I get up there, and I had already committed to trying out new material, which I debated a little bit. I'm going like, oh, well, now I got an audience. You know, maybe I should just, you know, do the stuff that I know kills. And I'm like, no, that's... This is the perfect opportunity to try new material to see if it actually lands. That's what open mics are for is, um, you know, trying out material and honing the old craft. So, so yeah, I start, uh, so I, I don't do a ton of time because we were already running late. I maybe do about three minutes of all new material and it all went very well, which was fun to, to hear my, my new jokes, uh, be successful in an open mic front of an actual audience. And then, yeah, then I just started hosting the mic, bringing all of the comics up, and all the comics did so well. Um, some were, like, exceptionally funny, um, and which I appreciated because, like, wow, we do have an audience here. So it was, I was really glad that, um, you know, the comics brought good material and entertain all of these people who came to support their friend who did stand-up for the first time. He did, he did a good job. You know, you could tell it was the first time, but he was up there and his friends were super supportive. And so, yeah, it was really, really fun. And then from there, uh, my good friend Ezra Stormont, who I actually had on the podcast a week ago, was headlining at the Tempe Improv, which I was so excited for him. And I had put it on my calendar. I wasn't sure if I was going to be in town, and I was. So I went and picked up my mom and took my mom on a little mom date and went out to the Tempe Improv and went and supported that show and supported Ezra. And Ezra just did so good. He's so funny. And, you know, he just is so far beyond his experience. I I think he's only in a couple years, but I'll tell you, I mean, you wouldn't know it here in his act. He is just so refined. Um his on-stage persona is so dialed in. He has such a great energy and he couples that with 
very well written bits and he does a fantastic job at being self-deprecating without making the audience sad for him which is a fine line um it's it's a trap that comics can fall into when they go to self-deprecation, which is they actually turn the audience off because audiences are empathetic. Most human beings are, and they don't actually like that. Um, you know, they don't like it when the comic is too hard on themselves. If, if it starts to feel a little too much, which can happen. And Ezra does a fantastic job of being self-deprecating, but he does it with such a, um, with such a happy self-awareness and with su it's like he's so confident in who he is that you don't feel sorry when he is he's not even self-deprecating he's just being self-aware and you know in 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 you know a critical way I mean he talks about being overweight and and, and all of that stuff and but he's so confident in who he is that you don't it doesn't create that sense of empathy from the audience where the audience goes, Oh, ah, uh. and trust me, I, I usually go self-deprecating as well. And I haven't always played that line as well as he does to where sometimes, you know, I've actually made the audience feel sorry for me and maybe even feel uncomfortable for laughing at it because I've set it up in a manner that makes them feel like, you know, they're laughing at somebody who's hurting or somebody who is, um, you know, isn't confident in themselves or something like that. So yeah, he really has that dialed in and he has such a fantastic on stage um energy. It's just it's like impossible not to like him anyway. It's like even if he wasn't funny, you would just like him. However, he's that likable and is also so funny and is really just a, a, a cut above his his time in terms of how long he has been doing that, uh, been doing it. And I mean, you wouldn't know. I mean, he just is up there, uh, hidden hidden home runs like a major leaguer. So had a great time. And he and I, since he came on the podcast, he had this idea for some sketches, which I thought were really, I thought it was a really funny idea. And I've had some thoughts about it. And so uh, when I got home tonight after watching him perform, I actually wrote a couple scripts, just little funny sketches about uh, within this idea, which I'm not going to share just in case of that. You're going to have to sit when we record it and release that. So hopefully I will be seeing some more of Ezra and we'll be able to collab on some online content here shortly which I think will be a lot of fun. So I'm going to end this very high energy, positive podcast with, you know, a, a little dose of reality. <laughs> Where did this come from? Well, you know, I've, I've alluded to it a couple times in this open mic and I'm a little triggered and bitter about it. And I acknowledge that and own that, that this is coming from a triggeredness and I don't want to dwell on it, but you know, I'd mentioned that there are a handful of comics who have just been berating me either directly or berating pay to play mics 
open mics, which is berating me indirectly. Um, be, because they of this sense that no comic should ever have to pay to be on a stage. Um, or they feel that every open mic at worst should be free for the comic. In other words, the world owes every comic a stage. And I have, well, I'll just put it this way. I don't believe that. And I think that there is, when I read those, when I, when I read these rants online of, of people just berating comic comics just be rating pay to play open mics the sense that i get from them is just this incredible sense of entitlement that the the world owes them like the the world owes every stand-up comic a stage for them to hone their craft somebody else needs to go find a venue pay the pay for the venue secure secure the time do all the advertising get an audience and pay to have an opportunity for any comic who wants to come sign up who may or may not be funny and and go into debt in essence or um expend money to give that comic an opportunity to do their 5 minutes of potentially horrific or maybe the funniest set ever but it's be honest. If it was the funniest set ever, it you, you would be <laughs> you wouldn't be at that open mic. Like you're doing an open mic because you are practicing and you're honing the craft and you're trying to get a little bit of footing in the comedy world. So the comments I hear from from these comedians who are who not only disagree with the pay to play model they're actually vitrally offended that it even exists. Like they, they feel they should live in a world <laughs> where pay to play mics don't even exist. And the fact that they exist, they actually view it as like predatory. I have been called a predator or these mics have been called predatory and that we're like exploiting comics and lying to them and promising all of these things. I'm going like, I'm not promising anybody anything. I'm promising you a stage and five minutes of time, one hour maximum time commitment to, to stay there and support the other comics and to be able to hone your craft for five minutes. That's all I'm promising. And it's like, yeah, if you don't want to do that, then by all means, you know, go, go somewhere else. But that sense of entitlement to me is very problematic. And I'm going to say to any dreamer out there who's really serious about being successful at anything, you are not entitled to anything. Nobody owes it to you. And nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody is going to go bust their arse to make your dreams come true for you at their expense. Um, I, I say nobody. Let me put it this way. If somebody is willing to do that and you can capitalize on somebody else making all of the sacrifices for you to hone your craft and to become successful and to live your dreams, 
that is and that's an incredible act of service and um i think that's that's great that somebody would be willing to do that and by all means if somebody's offering that to you then do not by all means do not come to our little paid to play open mic but I remember I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine who's an indie filmmaker, and he has been very successful. Um, he's produced movies that have been released on Netflix and released on Showtime, Amazon Prime, like full-length uh, feature films. It's all indie. He's scrapping, he and his wife, they scrap and they scrap and they hustle and they grind and they work so hard to try to get these movies greenlit and to get them produced on shoestring budgets because nobody's handing anything to them. And I remember having that conversation and he just, and he just goes, Paul, nobody owes it to you. Nobody owes it to you. Nobody owes it to me. It's all about the hustle and grind and going to make it happen. And nobody's going to hand it to you and nobody owes it to you. And that mentality, that grit mentality is why he and his wife have been successful and why after a decade or maybe even longer of hard work of producing their own films they are now finally starting to work with bigger studios who are giving them bigger budgets and you want to what he still has to hustle he still has to do side jobs nobody's still n nobody's giving him anything and the only reason anybody's given him anything is because he has worked so hard to bring value to the market that he is now valuable and he's created that value but he had to go earn that and grind for it and bust his arse and so I do not respect anybody who feels a sense of entitlement and feels that the world owes them something and hey if that mentality is working for you and it's successful and if that's actually true to you if you actually are entitled to success and it comes to you in that manner well bully for me um that that would i that would be great if that happened to me if it if i was entitled to it and somebody was else was going to make the sacrifices and hustle and work and um expend all the resources so that I could live my dream on their on their sacrifices. Um, and don't get me wrong, there have been plenty of people who have helped me along the way, and I'm very grateful for anybody who has. But when somebody does help me, I don't feel entitled to it. I feel grateful for it. And I sure as heck don't criticize anybody who is going about their dreams the way that they need to go about them to try to be successful and to try to make it happen. So, you know, I'm a dreamer, man. I'm out there. I'm, I'm going for big things. And at the same time, I don't feel anybody owes me anything. And anything that I do get from anybody, I feel incredibly grateful for. And I try to treat it that way. And I think that's why I have some triggering responses, you know, aside from the fact that it's, you know, people literally calling me like predatory um, or saying that what I'm doing is somehow vindictive or manipulative when I'm going, no, I'm being totally transparent. If 
you don't like the deal, here's the deal. If you don't like the deal, then don't take the deal. But just also that that sense of, well, I should never have to pay for an open mic. Anytime that I want to try material, somebody owes me a stage for free, which by the way, it's not for free. Somebody's paying for that stage. Somebody else should pay and sacrifice so that I have a stage that I don't have to pay for. And hey, anybody who offers that deal to you, by all means, take it and be extremely grateful for that instead of feeling a sense of entitlement that somebody owes you. Or, or how about this? If you feel that's how it should be, then why don't you start that open mic? Why don't you start an open mic? Why don't you go rent a space? Why don't you spend the money on getting microphones and speakers and lighting and constructing a stage and paying electric bills and paying exorbitant lease fees? And then um, let any comic, any comic in the world who wants to come on your stage for free, come perform and um, give them that opportunity. If that's how you feel it should be, then why don't you start that? But nobody owes me anything. And anybody who has given me anything and has helped me and supported me at all, again, I am very grateful. So all of you dreamers out there, go get it and move forward with a sense of ownership and... Um, I would just say, in my experience, be very, very leery of a sense of entitlement. That doesn't mean you don't deserve love. That doesn't mean that success isn't available to you. Um, it just means nobody owes, nobody else owes you anything. Um, unless you lent them money. All right, everybody. That's my soapbox for today. This is February 5th, 2024, the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, a podcast by a dreamer for dreamers out there. I love you all so much. I hope you are doing well. You're finding joy in your journey, finding success, and navigating how difficult these journeys can be. And I'm here with you. I'm doing it myself, you know, getting the crap beat out of me and trying to find ways to move forward and keep optimistic and keep moving forward and keep honing the craft and keep seeking out opportunities and um, fighting all of the negative self-talk, fighting all of the haters, fighting everybody who doesn't believe in me or wants does, doesn't want me to be successful. And, you know, it's, it's a lot. And, and I'm feeling a little bit of that today. So... Any of that resonates with you, just know, hey, I feel that too. I hear you. I see you. And I love you all so much because I love dreamers. I love people who go for stuff and people who <laughs> do so without a sense of entitlement, who hustle and go and make stuff happen and push through all of the struggles to make their dreams happen. And uh, you're, you're my people. And that's why I do this podcast is so we can all support each other and tell each other stories and what we're experiencing and see what success we can have together. So 
Anyway, have a great Monday. Have a great week. I love you all so much. Uh, February 5th, 2024, episode 68 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. I will talk to you all tomorrow.